Trigger warning. Trigger warning. If you do find this not helpful at the moment, don't feel like you have There's to There's any keep... pressure to listen yeah. whatsoever. Know that Georgia and I care about you and that we love you and that we want what's best for you. Yeah. And this podcast is not aiding you in your recovery and your mental state and how your day is going. Please do not feel any pressure or need to listen to it. Yeah, just take care of yourself. Just take care of yourself. Also, Georgia and I are not professionals at all no. when it comes to Like, we're, we don't have degrees in this. No, we're not. We not. No, <laughs> no, we are just two girls who are recovering from eating disorders themselves, wanting to share our stories and shed some light on some topics that may be harder to talk about. There will also be many resources in our description box. So if there's any point during this episode, any point at all, that you feel like that you need that little bit of extra support, no, there's no judgment. There's nothing wrong with you needing that. And that feel free to use them and that we support you and that we are so proud of you. Yes. Yeah. Picture me this. I'm here. We eat the fucking food. We eat the fucking food. (laughs) Hello, and welcome back to We Eat the Fucking Food. My name is Lauren, and today we have a very special guest with us. We are joined by Dawson. Hello, everyone. (laughs) I'm literally so excited to be here. I'm literally so excited that you're here right now. Okay, so Dawson and I met, we met on TikTok like a little bit over a year ago. Yes. I think is so fun and cute and quirky. And the fact that we've been like talking about recording an episode together for a while because Dawson and I come from very similar backgrounds in performing. Mm -hmm. So So Dawson is on today to kind of tell us about herself and also so we can talk about body image and dysmorphia, body dysmorphia within recovery and then specifically within being like a dancer or being part of that industry while still trying to recover because it can be it can be really hard it can be really, oh, yeah. really hard oh yeah so actually first Dustin do you want to share a little bit about you and your story and who you are absolutely so obviously my name is Dawson <laughs> um I just graduated with my BFA um in dance with a concentration in jazz from Point Park University. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, quick question. You know Kayla Mathura? Yes. Yeah, I did shows with them in high school. Oh, yeah. I know. I know like a handful of people that went to Point Park. So, yeah, yeah. Good school. Good um, school. Oh, honestly, it's it's an amazing school. Like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't um, give it up for the world. I wouldn't go back and choose a different school like I know that that was the school that I was meant to go to um amazing reputation people faculty all that stuff um so I just graduated from there yay um I am now I would probably say six months fully in recovery um I was in yay I was uh I would say I've made this whole journey has been about two years in the making Mm-hmm. Um, that's two years ago is when I got diagnosed and then I was just in basically quasi recovery for like, and what was and your, what was your diagnosis? If you don't mind me um, it was, I would say atypical anorexia because my BMI was still normal. Fuck that. I fucking, yeah. I can go on rants about atypical anorexia, like the thoughts behind it. That's yeah. it's so stupid. It's so stupid. For those of you who don't know what atypical anorexia is that are listening, it's what Dawson just said. It's just like not having the BMI that is set for having a diagnosis of anorexia. And that's literally the only difference. You could, it's literally just a weight thing. And I'm like, that's great that it's a disorder 
about like has just like weight stigma to it and that that diagnosis uh I tangent on tangent with that sorry to oh, interrupt yeah. you but yeah no oh my god and if I had just like kept going and I didn't like get diagnosed with anything it would have been to a point where they would have been like well you are anorexic now like mm-hmm. the weight just would have kept going off but you yeah know. so that's why I'm like okay well this is just stupid so um but yeah that was two years ago and honestly when I got diagnosed it was not even because I thought something was wrong with me like in terms of eating or restricting like it was no one outside of myself that was um worried about me I guess I thought that I just had some sort of like intolerance to some food (laughs) (laughs) and so (laughs) I sought out like um a gastroenterologist and he Mm -hmm. ran a whole bunch of like blood work and tests I mean was like literally there's nothing wrong with you like your blood work is normal like you literally are fine and I was like oh well that's like so fun so I was like well let me just reach out to like a nutritionist like maybe I'm just like not eating the right foods or something so then I I reached out to um a um, practice called Mindful Eats Nutrition in Houston, Texas, where I was. And um, I got linked with a dietitian named Melanie Lammers. And she was just doing like a little um, introduction talk with me. And then was like, I kind of want you to take this, this little questionnaire. And I was like, sure. Okay. <laughs> Might as well. Yeah. Like, yeah. Absolutely. So I did, and then I met with her next, and she was like, yeah, so, like, um, really cute. Um, You just, like, kind of have, like, a little bit of an eating disorder. And I was like, oh, my God, no way. Like, no, me, huh? Right. I Not was like, all. wow, that's insane. So <laughs> immediately then is when we started our recovery journey. And so I was just linked with my nutritionist, and we would meet every single week. Um, I, She, like, put me on the meal plan and everything. Um. So that was basically it. And then I went back to school for my junior year. Um, we were still meeting virtually like every week, all of that stuff. And then, you know, things were getting a little weird or come around like spring semester, I guess. And so my therapist and my dietitian were both kind of like, mm-hmm. good. <laughs> we're both kind of like, um, so we think it'd probably be like in your best interest if you did like a treatment program when you went home for the summer. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> like, wait a second. It's that. First, I was just right. walking into a doctor's office and like, I'm intolerant to some things. Now all of a sudden they're like, you need treatment. That's like, exactly. literally, I think that's, that's how it goes all the time. Yeah. And so I was like, I thought I was doing good. And she was like, I mean, yeah, but you haven't, like, she was like, you started off doing fabulous, like, during the summer and everything, like, you were doing great, but when you got back to school and you were dancing as much as you were, Hmm. your intake, like, hadn't increased at all, so that's when we know, like, you're still not doing what you need to be doing to, like, refuel Mm -hmm. what you're, you know, giving all your energy to in dance, and so I was like, okay, that makes sense. She was like, let's start thinking about treatment options, so, like, around... March of 2021, I started looking at different um, programs, treatment programs. They wanted me to do like an intensive one, like mm-hmm. IOP. Yeah. And I was like, oh, like I was so scared. I was so nervous. I was like, I do not want to do this at all, but I know this is best for me. So I did like all the intake process for it and everything. And um, then they kind of like put me on a wait list because literally every single program was so backed up at this point 
that they like couldn't take anyone for like four to six weeks. So they're like, we're going to put you on a wait list for four to six weeks. Like, we'll get back to you. And I was like, okay. And then four to six weeks <laughs> later from that, I, well, I like left school um, to go home for the summer mm-hmm. and my, you know, my dietitian was still seeing me. She was like, I, we need to figure out something um, to kind of like keep you in check, like while we're still waiting for you to get into a program. And I was like, okay. And there is this doctor in Houston and he's like one of the only ones in the entire country that does this, but he only sees patients with eating disorders. Shut up. Darcy has talked about the same exact doctor. I'm like 99.9% sure. Darcy, if you're listening to this, please text me and tell me if I'm right about yeah. this. But I'm like, <laughs> I need to know if we're like with the same man. <laughs> um, so he's literally like one of the only people like in the entire country and like basically the, almost the entire world that like mm-hmm. only focuses. He's basically like a... a PCP doctor um can do like all like your checkups and everything but he only he he specializes specializes, yeah yeah. with seeing clients who suffer from eating those are the only people that he sees um and he sees people from like all across the entire world like he talked he he would tell me about like clients that he would have from like South Africa and India yeah so like everyone this guy's real Um, deal real deal Oh no, real deal. So that's why I was like, okay, I'm going to trust this man my entire life. <laughs> um, so I went and just saw him just because my, uh, my therapist was like, well, you know, you think that you're doing okay and you might feel like you're okay, but like internally you might not be. So let's just get like a full checkup, see how you're doing. And then we can kind of discuss like your IOP options from there. And I was like, okay, fine. So um, I went to him and did like my first meet and greet with him and he did ran a whole bunch of tests on me got full blood work done um did a full EKG on me like the whole nine yards and like my mom was there after the EKG he like sat down with me and he looked at me and I was telling him about how I've just been like waiting for a program Mm -hmm. to go to but at this point like the waiting list I wouldn't be able to go to one until like the time I was going to be going back to Point Park for my senior year. So I was like, I don't think I can go into one. And he was like, oh, no, no, you're not going back to school. And I was like, like excuse what? me? I was like, wait, what? He was like, you are not going back to school in the fall. And I was like, immediately it's yours. I was like, mm-hmm. what are you talking about? Like, what are you, what are you saying? Like, you just, because I was supposed Let's to graduate upside down. early. Exactly. Yeah. I was supposed to graduate in December. So I was like, um what's happening here (laughs) and he looked at me and he was like if you go back to school in the fall within a couple months like you're gonna die and I was like oh isn't that crazy isn't that crazy how like eating disorders can turn to something that seems so harmless in the beginning where you're just like oh like I'm watching my nutrition I'm like eating like to be healthier quote unquote and then like a split second completely can turn into having a doctor tell you that like if you continue to go down this path that you'll die insane yeah and it was crazy because I felt completely fine Mm -hmm. like I I was not experiencing anything out of the sorts that seemed not normal um like my heart rate was extremely extremely low which is like the biggest thing that he was so concerned about and um I can relate. I can relate. That's how exactly with mine too, is that like every single time that I was relapsing or getting back to a point of needing higher levels of care, like the first thing it'd be the only thing actually would be my heart rate. Other than that, everything else, like my labs would be fine. I would Mm -hmm. feel like fine, but yeah. Yeah. 
So that was definitely like the biggest thing for me was, you know, trying, and it's hard because like, as a dancer, you know, like we're athletes, like mm-hmm. our heart rates are going to typically be low. So that was like really hard for me to like, kind of like separate being like, my heart rate's low because I'm an athlete or my heart rate's low because I'm not fueling myself yeah. in the proper way. So it was like really hard to go back and forth between that. Um, and he's like, we need to like basically do something about this. So I had to stay home um, for my fall semester. I had to take like a leave of absence from school. Mm-hmm. So I couldn't graduate early, but because I was supposed to graduate early, I was still able to graduate on time. Um, And he looked at me and he was like, listen, if you do everything that you need to do for these next like four months, I will allow you to go back to school in January and finish up your senior year. And I was like, okay, I'm committed to this. I will do. I was like, tell me what I need to do. And so I just really stuck to what I needed to do, especially because I had like someone monitoring me along the way. Like I had to meet with him every single week. He did weekly checkups, lab work. Like I had to literally go get my blood work done every single week. So I um, sat there every week and me. I literally have like the biggest fear of needles <laughs> ever. And suddenly they became my best friend. Like I, I became best friends with my phlebotomist. Like literally I would go, it was same girl every week. I would yep. just walk in. She'd be like, Dawson's here. I'm like, I'm here. I'm here. Girl. You okay, girl. And we would just sit there and just chit chat about life. A like, mood. I became, besties. yeah, there's one summer where I was going to the doctors every single week too. It was like the summer of 2019 and me and the nurse, nursing staff, best friends best friends they're still best friends like they're still always like how are you doing I'm like I'm doing well and then they'll look at me and go no actually how are you how are you actually doing and I'm like I'm doing doing good I'm like actually surprisingly I'm doing well yeah who knows but I got to the point too of like every single time like there'd be like a rotation of some nurses who would come and give me like EKGs and they'd be like all right so this might be like this and I'm like honey I'm like I've had like 50 by now I was like I could probably give myself an EKG if I had to but I just think that's funny love making friends with our oh my god it's so fun literally so I mean that was like what my entire fall semester basically fall semester looked like and you know I was away from everyone at school I had to like sit at home on like a Friday night and like watch all my friends go out it was like Mm -hmm. super hard but I was like I know I'm doing exactly what I need to do and I think I needed that also like I, I, in the moment I was like, why is this happening to me? Like, this is the worst thing that could ever happen to me in my entire life. Like my life feels like it's falling apart right now, but looking back on it, it was probably the best thing that ever happened to me. One, because obviously like my life was essentially saved, but two, my like love for dance totally like came back because around that time was when I was also kind of like unsure if like dance was the career path that I wanted to go Mm -hmm. on after I graduated and so taking that time off from dance made me realize like how much I loved it and wanted to do it like as my career and like really pushed me and um so I like was like well if I want to have this career I need to do exactly what my doctor tells me I need to do so that way I can get back to dance and get back into it and hopefully get a job out of it and so um you know, finally he cleared me. So like, I wasn't allowed to do like any movement. Like I wasn't even allowed to stretch, like literally nothing. Mm-hmm. And so then finally he cleared me to start because he knew I had to go back to dance and I was going to go back to school, like, and be like right into it. Like there was no easing into it. Yeah. So he finally cleared me to start going back to the gym. And I had like, I was on like a little strict program that he had me doing. Like I was only allowed to go on the bike for like 10 minutes and then like work my way up from that. And then finally I could start like towards the end of my time 
um, at home, I was allowed to start like lifting weights and building back the muscle that I had just completely lost everywhere mm-hmm. like especially in my legs because he was like I just don't want you to get injured going back to school if you don't have the muscle there to sustain it and support it so I was like makes sense mm-hmm. so then I went back to school in January very happy about that and then um I ended up getting a contract with Norwegian Cruise Line yeah you did yeah so God, that's kind amazing. of like look right like looking back like it was a very rewarding process because I know that if I hadn't gone through that treatment essentially with my doctor and my nutritionist and my therapist, I wouldn't be able to even like audition, be a part of that process, even like consider being on a boat for six to eight months, like nothing, like sustaining like the rehearsal process and the yeah. show process and the day-to-day life on the ship as a dancer, like I wouldn't be able to do it. So looking back, I'm like extremely grateful and like very happy that I had to go through that because it changed like my whole outlook on life and my entire like image perception of like myself as a dancer. Cause you know, obviously this whole podcast, like we're talking about like body image. Yes. Um, so, you know, for like a while, my whole like worth as a dancer was about what I looked like. Mm -hmm. And it's extremely hard when you're, um, in a studio for like majority of your day in tight fitting clothing not only looking at yourself but you're looking at everyone else in the room yeah. mm-hmm. and it's just like that can be hard so hard it's, it's, for just yeah. an average person and then even harder for someone on top of that that's struggling with disordered eating and yeah. body dysmorphia yeah yeah. Which is why I was in quasi recovery for a whole year while I was back at school my entire junior year because, you know, I was still fighting all of my ED thoughts with my, you know, logical thoughts of like what I need to do. Mm-hmm. It was like just a back constant battle back and forth because I was just so scared of looking a certain way when in reality, like my body's so smart my body knows what to do and my body knows what it needs. And if I'm giving it what it needs, it's gonna, it's gonna provide me like the good feedback. And, you know, I experienced that a little bit, like when I first started um, with my dietitian and everything, like when she put me in a meal plan, like I was eating way more and exercising way less, mm-hmm. but I actually ended up like losing weight in that process, which was like super weird. Mm-hmm. But hypermetabolism, like, hypermetabolism, it's a thing. Yeah, like, that's gonna happen. And I was like, oh my God. So hearing that I was like, oh my God, I'm literally eating like way more, but I, I'm not, I'm not gaining not restoring anything. Yet anything. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And I think a lot of the times it's hard for people to kind of like differ between weight gain and body recomposition Mm -hmm. that's the biggest thing because you know when you're in that recovery process your body is going to start restoring muscle and you know lost fat and everything to places where it's going to be needed and then it's going to redistribute it like throughout your body and that's exactly what was happening to me like my weight was the exact same every single time but it was being redistributed like throughout my body differently Mm -hmm. and that like plays tricks in your mind so So much so many but yes we'll get more into that a little bit further in but I do want to do our high low and catch up questions that we normally ask but first I also want to let you know that how extremely proud I am of you and how 
motivating it is to like hear your story and I think it's extremely impressive that you were able to take that step back and like recognize that like this is the thing that's going to get me to the life that I want to live and deserve and it freaking paid off it paid off I literally one and done audition I was like all right like I got it (laughs) all right I'll do it okay obsessed all right so we start with doing our high and low of the week just like Dawson what's the best thing that happened to you this week um best thing that happened to me this week I hit a PR in my squat lifting nice look at that I'm getting back into lifting strong because she is a strong girl strong and powerful woman period so that would be a high for me nice my high of the week would probably be, oh, I got a job offer today, too. Not for, like, performing. It's for uh, performing arts, like, building. I'll get to be, like, front of house staff. But it's, like, super ideal because it's in walking distance where I'm going to be living. I get to work with some friends. Yay. And I'm very excited because now I feel like I have – I didn't have a job lined up when moving to Chicago. But now that I at least have something to yeah. – have that kind of security it's a good feeling a good feeling oh it's the best yes the low of my week would probably be Ooh, what is though i've been feeling like kind of like anxious recently i think and i'm sure that you can probably relate to the amount of change that happens after becoming a post-grad like post-grad life i love it and it's so much fun but also to like not have to ever have like the stress and anxiety of like taking a test or doing homework and like yeah those type of feelings and really having this I, like I've talked about it so many times on this podcast but just like that loss of identity of being oh like God, a student yeah. and really going into adulthood adulthood scares me so much it's awful it's terrifying it's super like yeah. I said it's super fun super cool oh get to yes. free time get to have your own oh like God, autonomy yeah. and everything but at the same time I'm like I'm not a kid anymore I can't make these like kid mistakes yeah. at the same degree that I used to so that's probably my low but I mean that's not like the worst of a low what's your low of the week honestly when I was thinking about like when you said highs and lows I was like "Hmm, what's my low gonna be and it's so funny that you said like you've been feeling a little anxious because same that's exactly what I was gonna say my anxiety has just been like a tad bit like more lately um just because you know all of my friends are slowly starting to like leave and go back home or move to wherever they're gonna be living Mm -hmm. and um you know, I'm coming, like, I literally leave to go home in 14 days, and I'm only back in Georgia for, I'd say, probably, like, a week and a half, maybe, like, only, maybe, like, 10 days, wow. and then I uh, jet off to Tampa for rehearsals for, like, out and to then, seas, out to seas, and I go out to sea. so, you know, <laughs> I'm kind of just, like, wow, everything's, like, happening, living the post-grad life, it's been so fun, and, like, so relaxing to like wake up and not have like the responsibility of school and to be a student but it's also weird because for you know majority of my life since I was probably like you know in preschool at like four years old all the way until I've been 22 years old I've been a student so like Mm -hmm. not being a student anymore is like super weird and like you feel like you're gonna be able to like handle it but then once you're like in it you're like Wait, Wait, this is weird. So definitely handling the post-grad life but I'm really excited about um future and everything yes 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 so fun and then on that note what's been going well like recovery wise for you as a post-grad um as a post-grad um recovery wise this is a good one I would probably have to say I feel like I'm able to just 
eat whatever, whenever, exercise whenever and whatever I want to do, Um, finding different forms of exercise that I actually just enjoy because it makes me feel good rather than like to look a certain way. We love joyful movement. We love joyful movement. Love (laughs) it. And I go through phases with, with movement. Like Mm -hmm. last year I was like really into yoga and then that kind of like moved away to the side. And now I'm like really into pure bar. Like that's like my ride or die right now because I worked at pure bar. And so I was able to go to classes for free and now I'm like literally obsessed with it. And I'm like, I want to become a bar instructor. So, um, that's been like super fun but just like post-grad being able to like kind of like do whatever I want whenever I want have spontaneous meals like that's something that like I would never have been able to do before and just having like food freedom with myself like Mm -hmm. being off of a schedule is like the biggest thing too because while you're in school like you're on a schedule so like I would have I would eat like almost the exact same time every single day. Yeah. But now like I don't have a schedule anymore throughout the day. So trying to like not be so rigid with my eating is also really important in my recovery process. And I'm able to like do that and like be super flexible with my meal times. And, you know, I woke up late today, but I didn't wake up late yesterday or I'm staying up later today or I'm going to bed earlier today. So learning how to be flexible and just be like a normal human being and isn't eating it crazy to be a whenever. normal human being to be a normal human being <laughs> with a normal relationship with food wow right. honestly yes like to have a normal relationship with food and be like okay well I want to have a like literally yesterday I was making dinner and I saw thin mints in my freezer and I was like I kind of want one like I had one without even like, hell yeah you did hell yeah like, you did while I was making dinner like who would have thought not thought. <laughs> we love the growth not me but we love to see the growth What's going well in my recovery is probably like kind of similarly with the movement. I've been trying to find more like joyful movement. Like I'm going for walks yes. more. I've love been gone hot girl walks. Hot girl walks. I love a hot girl walk. Hot girl mm-hmm. walks are my thing. Are my thing. I put on a nice podcast. Oh, uh, it's the best. Walk away. Yes. Um. And then also I've been going like rock climbing a little bit recently <gasps> with so my friend. Yeah, and it's pretty fun. It's pretty cool. I'm not that good at it, but you know what? I just if it makes you happy. Yeah, and it kind of, and what I love about it is that, like, it connects me back almost to, like, my eight-year-old self. Like, when I was eight, I was really into rock climbing. Like, the any time that there would be, like, a rock wall at, like, a fair or, like, an amusement park or, like, in that type of vibe, I would, like, climb it. And I'd be like, this is it. This is so much fun. Like, I used to love doing it. I even had a birthday party at it once. My parents can, like, tell stories how it was, like, <laughs> you so good. You thought you were so good. So, like, to be able to almost connect with that, like, inner child again – I think yes. that's like so important when finding my joyful, joyful movement. And yes, yeah, that's absolutely. What's been going well. Also, my therapist texted me today. I haven't seen my therapist in a while, not for any reason mm-hmm. other than like I got wasn't on the schedule, and then a month passed, and I graduated, and that type of stuff. Obviously, but yes. I've been doing like pretty well, and she was like, "I'm so glad to hear you so well. It makes me so happy." And was kind of like, "Oh, if you don't." need to see me as much and like you don't need because I when I was in college too to keep the accountability I was doing blind weights as well but she had this scale that like I couldn't see the number but whatever I, <gasps> I have done, the same one you have the same one the clear stuff upset so I had that yes we love so I had that and I'd step on that every week but now that I'm at a restored weight and I haven't had to use it in such a long time she's like also if I could get that back if you feel like that like you don't need anymore and I was like yeah I don't need anymore I don't need oh more. You can have it back. I'm like, wow, the growth. The growth. Yeah. It. Yeah. So that's been going well in my Aww. recovery for me. But yeah. Yay. Oh, that's so exciting. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, yay for us. Look at us. We love, love it. the growth. Yes. Oh so God. 
So the main topic of this episode, and Dawson got into it already a little bit, is talking about body image and body dysmorphia specifically within like performing arts and like theater, musical theater and dance. Mm-hmm. I'm a I'm a I'm gonna say I'm a musical theater major. The only reason I'm not an MT major is because I didn't want to pay for the piano lessons. So I had of all course. the classes, I just didn't do the piano <laughs> lessons. So I'm just a theater major. But as growing okay, up basically the same. Basically the same, yes. And I grew up dancing in a studio like for five hours like every single night too so a lot of time in front of the mirror as well and that can that can do some damages to your brain and the way that you see yourself crazy as that is yes 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 Yes. so kind of just getting into that I was a question that popped in my head actually when Mm -hmm. you were um talking about soup just my partner's cat just like ran behind me so fast (laughs) anywho um talking about recovering while also Mm -hmm. like being a dancer and like your relationship with dance how has recovery like changed your relationship with dance and changed your relationship with you as a performer um it has made my relationship with dance and as a performer so much better um I kind of like so this past semester I connected with another dancer at my school who also has she has like a nutrition account basically. Um, mm-hmm. Her name is Riley and she's absolutely amazing. She's a year younger than me. And um, we basically had a presentation at school where we talked about um, food as fuel, like as a dancer. And so without like within my recovery process, I've just been able to kind of see, you know, food not as something that's harming me, but something that's helping me. And I've also been able to notice that um, I'm able to like perform the way that I, the way that I would want to, like, I'm able to like give my all. And I I look back and think back to like how I used to feel, you know, sophomore, junior year when I was like not doing good at all. And I was just so tired all the time. Like it would be like 12 PM and I'm like ready to take a nap. And I'm like, I just woke up like three hours ago. Like this is like, what is happening? Mm -hmm. And now I'm like, you know, able to push myself to like the limits and able to do all these different things and it's just made it so much of a more like positive environment like making that switch from like food as something that's negative or something that's just going to make you gain weight into you know it's like your energy source like taking like changing the name of it from food to like energy or like taking like I know during my recovery process we stopped using like the word calories and we used energy because essentially that's exactly like what it is. It's just like the amount of energy that you're putting into your body. So that was like really important for me. And then I've just been able to like carry that throughout and just learning that like, if I want to have the career that I aspire and dream about, I have to fuel myself in that way. And if I'm not doing X, Y, and Z, I'm not going to be able to do that. So just kind of like reframing my thought process to everything has like made my relationship so much better and I'm not going to say that it's been like easy and there's not mm-hmm. been like good or bad days. Cause I've obviously like for human, we're going to have like days where we're not feeling our best or, you know, our body image is like not too hot, but just kind of like being able to recognize when you're having those days and able to kind of figure out the feelings attached to it and then trying to be a little bit kinder in your words, like being like, I'm kind of being really negative about this one aspect of myself so let me find something about myself since we're going to be looking in the mirror right now let's find something about myself that I really like and let's focus on that I love that that's really cute 
I feel like even at a professional level that the comments about one's body and the whole idea of like, say a Broadway body or just like performing bodies and the way that dancers are supposed to look. I'm thankful that I feel yeah. like it's like changing and that yes, the very slowly. Yes, but it is changing. But still yeah. just like that pressure to have this certain physique. Yeah. Mm-mm not fun yeah. sorry I go I went that was a tangent oh my God, back no. to your yeah. so I think going back I was able to kind of have a better mindset in terms of like my body and what I looked like and um you know it, it definitely like changed throughout the process and I definitely had moments where I would be a little nervous of what I looked like or you know one day I didn't feel as good in the leotard as I did the day before um but, you know, at the end of the day, I kind of just, like, looked at the bigger picture, and I was, like, do I really want to, like, go down that path again of what I did and, like, what it caused me to go through and what my family to go through and the countless amount of money that we spent? Yeah. <laughs> like, but we want it. <laughs> it's expensive. Woo! It is expensive because my doctor was not covered by any insurance. Yep. So, that was... My a- parents literally switched insurances so I could go to a different treatment facility. Yeah, it's insane. It's insane. That's part of like the privilege it is to be able to recover too, because like I don't think people realize how expensive not only one having an eating disorder because of the rigidity around certain types of food is to like maintain it, but then also to receive treatment, how expensive that can be as well. Like all the different types you need, be that a psychiatrist, a therapist, a dietitian. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Mm -hmm. So I think trying to like take a step back and being like yeah I'm not having a good body image day but is it really helpful for me to kind of revert back to old ways no you know and what am I going to do to fix that so I think I would just like end up like calling my mom or just someone that was like a comfort to me to kind of distract me or I would do something that distracted myself but I think I was also so busy when I got back to school between work and school that I like didn't really have time to like let my thoughts get to me which was also like good but I also like wouldn't like recommend people to like um fill up their entire schedule so like they like can't think about anything I can yeah I can agree all the time I do as well and a part of me feels like that at times that did help my recovery as well because during like this past spring semester I was it was like work rehearsal school work rehearsal like that was like a really just cycle of like not the same day like back and forth but very right. very like busy days which makes it almost easier to need to feed yourself because you need to eat food yeah. to be able to even like make it through those days and gives you less time to like think and sit and ruminate within them but then it yeah. does have the other side of that is when your schedule does lighten up you're still forced to then sit with any of those uncomfortable emotions that it was masking at that time yeah. but yeah you have any advice or any words of wisdom, or if you could give words of wisdom to anybody within our industry who may be suffering from disordered eating, body image issues, body dysmorphia, an eating disorder that you would like to share and like give some parting words before you wrap up this episode. Of course, yes. So if you are a fellow performer, whether you're in musical theater, theater arts, dance, singing, acting, modeling, whatever the biz is. You are essentially selling what you look like and the talent that you can give. And, you know, you feel like you have to fit a certain image. Take it out. 
<laughs> that's throw what I have to throw it away because if you have to restrict intensely and you feel like you have to eat a certain way and take things out of your diet add random crap in that doesn't make any sense in order to fit someone's aesthetic of what they think you should look like they are not the people that you need in your life and they're not going to be helpful for you and if you feel like you have to look a certain way in order to book stuff I can promise you you do not (laughs) um the most important thing is being happy and being healthy and as a dancer being healthy is the biggest thing and if you are suffering from disordered eating or any form of eating disorder I think that taking a step back and reaching out for help regardless of the level of help that it is, is going to help you in the long run, even though it might be really hard in the present moment to do that. But having the strength to do that is the the hardest step. And it only gets easier from there. Um, And I guess just kind of like I said before looking at food as fuel because if you're not fueling yourself properly you're not going to be able to perform at your best you're not going to be able to give your full 100% and you want to be able to look back and remember those amazing times on the stage and the feelings that it gave you. And if you're not performing your best, you're always going to regret it and be like, I could have done better. When in reality, you want to leave that stage every single night, regardless if you're doing the same show, eight shows a week, you want to leave that stage being like, I, that was the best show I ever gave. And that you're only going to be able to do that by making sure that you have a happy stomach that's full and also just reminding yourself that like food is a part of our life like just like how we need water to live we need food to live and regardless of what it is if it makes you happy your body's going to be happy so don't be so hard and rigid and feel like you need to eat healthy because eating healthy does not look a certain way there's no right or wrong way of eating healthy as long as you are eating what makes you feel good and what is able to sustain you throughout your practice so look at it as something to help you rather than something to hurt you (laughs) I guess that was lovely what a good note uh Dawson you're so cool do you know that do you know how freaking intelligent you are and how wise you are when it comes to this Thank you. Honestly, I really want to, my friend Riley and I want to take like what we did at school and the presentation that we get, that we gave. And we actually like want to like travel to like different conservatories and dance programs throughout the country and kind of like give the talk on it. Cause it's like the big elephant in the room that no one wants yes, to talk about. Legitimately. So, after I do my whole cruise thing, she wants to graduate and go back to school and get her um, degree in dietetics. And then we're going to just 
hopefully travel do like little ted talks and stuff like that so dawson, maybe you'll see that. me i love that Eric, you have for dawson touring the country <laughs> maybe dancing maybe giving ted talks on disorder eating and dancing oh yes so iconic that's amazing yeah. oh well final question is how are you going to take care of yourself tonight um i am well, I'm going to the gym tonight, so nice. I know I need to fuel up because that's the only way I'm going to be able to get through a gym session. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'm going to maybe take a nice warm bath afterwards, watch a movie, maybe eat chocolate because I've been eating chocolate every day because you can. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, just enjoy life. That's what I'm going to do today. I love that. Lovely, lovely. I'm gonna walk to I found my new favorite spot in Madison I love art museums they're like my favorite thing in the world I posted my story the other day but there's like this one part of the Chazen Museum and Mm -hmm. there's like this huge window and you can just like people watch and I'm gonna do that I'm gonna bring my new book and I'm just gonna sit and read because I've gotten like I said I've gotten into reading because new chapter of my life who am I yeah who am I I know I need to start getting into it I got into it a little bit but I've been wanting to start and like the other day I like walked I was feeling anxious so Mm -hmm. I chose to walk 30 minutes to a coffee shop instead of driving there I walked 30 minutes sat my cute little self down and just popped open my book and it was the best thing to do for my mental health I was like I needed this so I feel you on that lovely 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 well Dawson thank you for joining us on this episode of we eat the fucking food I'm so happy this worked out like I said you're such a cool individual we'll have all of Dawson's socials linked in the description if you want to go give her a follow and check out her stuff because she's doing some pretty big things (laughs) you can follow along on my cruise journey around the world (laughs) I'm so jealous I'm so jealous oh Well, if you're listening to this, know that we're also proud of you. Way to eat the fucking food. And thanks for listening. And we'll chat again next week. Bye. Bye.